Live from Birmingham, Alabama, from the Superstation 101 Studios, Yellowhammer Radio presents The Ford Faction. Well, 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 welcome back here, Hour 2 on The Ford Faction, live from the CallKS.com Heating and Air Studios, Alabama license number 11120. I'm Ford Brown. This is Yellowhammer Radio. Across the way is Zach Johnson. Yo. And the one and only in the glass case of emotion, as always, Samuel L. Jacksonville. Welcome He's back. waving. He's waving. Oh, okay. He's here. He's here. And as we will waste no time, let's go ahead and bring in Alan Burris, SurviveAShooting.com. Alan, good to talk to you again. Well, sad to talk to you, um, kind of about the subject matter that we'll be talking to you uh, this segment, but it is nice to talk to you again. How have you been doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thanks, Ford. You and Zach and Sam, all three of you, thanks for having me on. And hey, hey. Unfortunately, Absolutely. it usually is bad when I am on these shows talking about things that we wish wouldn't happen. Yeah, and we were just talking about it last segment, uh, kind of breaking down. Um, Zach said, well, you know, which shooting, right? Yeah. And, you know, which shooting are we talking about? Because we had you on after the Las Vegas shooting, and you, you kind of said there wasn't a bunch of – there wasn't much you could do, you know, find cover, fight back. You know, those, those are the those are the big kickers, and there, there wasn't much you could do in that situation. And so this uh, Texas church shooting was a little bit different, and so that's why we kind of wanted to have you on. This is more – geared towards the SurviveAShooting.com plan, uh, the three-point plan that you were talking about. And so we actually saw um, kind of, you know, the church members fight back and, and, and chase the guy, kind of, uh, you know, kind of take on that kind of plan. But we still wanted to have you on, kind of talk with you um, about the situation that went down this Sunday. And as always, it is nice to talk to you again. But uh, the parameters of the conversation, it's just uh, extremely sad when, you know, you have to, uh, realize that it's 26 dead and 20 wounded in, after that Texas yeah. uh, church shooting. It is unfortunate, and I'm glad that people did try to attack back. I think it may have been delayed, and that's natural because most people, you're not thinking about that when you're in church. I mean, if any place should be safe, it should be a house of worship, Yeah, and that's why it's important for people to to have a plan for when the unthinkable happens that can mitigate some of that freezing up and that time where people are actually being killed. Every second counts in these situations. And it's also why some churches now are starting uh, safety teams, church safety teams, and actually having people there to help keep the church and those that are in there safe during Mass. Well, Alan, as you uh, as you said that, we actually got a call in yesterday from someone that's on a church safety team where they you know they're learning you know kind of assault, you know defense uh, kind of tactics. So this was a very small town that that was terrorized and a, and a very small church that got attacked as well. During a situation like this, where I'm assuming it's a one room church, you know, really small, what do you do in this type of situation? I know it's a tough question, but like you know, what what would like be your first instinct? Is it just get down and just and just kind of shimmy your way to the door? I mean, what, what would it be? Getting down, I mean, when bullets are flying, dropping to the ground and accessing where the nearest exit and escape route is, is a prudent move that can, can help save you. If there is no exit, maybe attack back, depending on where you are to the proximity of the shooter, especially if you're behind or at a flank. Now, most people aren't going to want to rush a shooter and take him down, yeah. but if you're beside him or behind him where you're not in the immediate 
frontal where he's shooting, it's possible. And But you have to have thought about that beforehand and sort of have that plan in, the, in your mind and maybe have rehearsed and practiced it because you're not going to figure things out when the adrenaline is hitting you and when you're in that extreme situation where you're scared. You know, our reasoning and our thought process diminishes at that time. That's why you need to have training and have thought of it beforehand. Well, and that's why we love to have you on here to talk about these kind of things, because then when you're in a big crowd of people or, or, or say you're in church on Sunday or, uh, you know, you go to a big event at a school, you you we we talk about it here on the show. So you, you kind of are getting, you know, they always call it muscle memory when you're doing bench press or squats yeah. or something like that. Uh, it's kind of like brain memory, right? You've already kind of rehearsed it in your head, and you think, okay, I don't need to be in the immediate field vision of this shooter. What's another way? What's another tactic that I can use? It and, and that's why uh, we've got guys like Alan Barice out here uh, who can who can kind of tell us what the what the go to move is. And kind of, and Zach was right. It is um, the sanctuary of the church. Was it was kind of a one room church. They they may have had a building off to the side, uh, but when you're in a big open room like that, a pew is really all the uh, the coverage that you have and you're basically again and and I hate to go back to the Las Vegas thing but Alan you're kind of like a sitting duck uh, hiding behind those church pews you are and you know things that could and again this is you know if you practice and you knew it was happening and everybody's rehearsed you know if everybody turned and threw something at the guy um, you know again people are going to die in these situations. There's nothing I can do or anyone else can do to teach you how to keep everyone alive. But we can reduce the number of casualties by the strategies that I teach. You know, one strategy, you know, that's often taught, you know, it's a distraction. So if, if, boom, that guy burst in the door shooting and everybody threw something at him, he's going to be distracted. I mean, he's getting hit with hymn books or purses or whatever's coming at him, yeah. that could maybe buy a couple seconds for escaping or following up with the attack to take him out. Right. People would die, but maybe not as many. So just to get the casualty number down, and, and it was really what was sad, and I just saw a report this morning about he targeted the younger audience of the, uh, of the section, about younger, I mean 18-month-old to 5-year-olds, and uh, and then it, it ranged anywhere from five year olds to seventy two. I mean, so yeah. so he really um, came in uh, his motive kind of unknown, but still just pure evil. Uh, and and Alan, you, you know that of course. But when someone is using an AR um, AR fifteen and they come in with a uh, with a high powered rifle, um, you know it's always better to get close to them, right? Because they can't use that weapon as well when it is a rifle. Correct. And I mean, that's the only time you're going to be able to do something. Unless you have a firearm yourself, you're not going to be able to take him out unless you're close to him. Now, if you have a firearm yourself, that changes the parameters and you can do something from a distance. Um, And that is why, you know, to a certain degree, I agree with people saying, you know, if there would have been armed people in the church, maybe they could have stopped him and reduced the casualty rate. Um, I would go a step farther is I want armed responsible gun owners that are trained yes. um, to be responding, not just anybody that gets, can go buy a gun with minimal concealed carry training. i rather see people that are carrying have more training than that, and then they possibly could have made a difference. Well, and I think we're starting to see that more and more in churches is not just the safety teams, like we mentioned earlier, but uh, on-duty police officers or off-duty police officers in there as well. I know 
uh, my church back in the late tens. Are we, did we call 2000 to 2010? Did we call that the tens, guys? Is that is that what we call it? Anyways, it was like 2000s, two, 2000s 2008, something around there. We had an on-duty police officer would come in and sit to our church service. And so it was kind of, um, it, it, it was kind of, you would see it and you'd be like, wow, I feel safe. But also just the sad reality that we live in that someone would come into a, a, a church again where you just worship the Holy Spirit and, mm-hmm. and, and cause so much evil and, and yeah. just open fire on sitting ducks. It's, it's very sad uh, that the realization of the society we live in, Alan. I mean, sadly, this is not the first church. Um, there's been a number of churches this has happened to throughout the years, and the you know, the likelihood of having another one, it, it's there. And that's why these safety teams, they are a good idea. And many of them are police officer or military-trained personnel that are members of the church. So they have more firearms training, and they have training on recognizing potential threats and some of the other skills that should go along with that safety team. And they can help keep, you know, these churches safe when people are in there for the worship service. Alan, uh, can you kind of say you were the head of a safety team at a church, right? Can you kind of break down what you would like to see in a safety team of, say, a church setting or, or let's just go a church setting. So you're the you're the leader, head honcho of the safety team of the church. What? How would you have it set up and, and what would be the response to a situation that happened like this one here in Texas? I want the people to have firearms training. I would want the people to have um, identification training, whether if, you know we go through how to identify potential threats. I want them also to have empty hand and less than lethal training, because not everything that you know could happen would need lethal force. I mean, that safety team would be there for any kind of things. I would want channels to be open to the safety team that people could report potential threats. I mean, we know that this guy had um, altercations with the mother-in-law or something. There's, so the mother-in-law could have reported to the safety team and the threat analysis team of the church of that so they could be a little on the lookout for this person. Um, so I want all of those things, and then I'd want some drills. I would want them to practice a little bit. If something happened, this is what you would do. This is what he would do. This is what we want the people in the church to do at this. You know, and let the church be involved in knowing what those plans are. Um, knowledge is a good thing for the people. And there's always the thing about, well, what if the bad guy is a member of the church and you're teaching him your plan? That is a possibility, I guess. But maybe if the bad guy's in the church and he hears the plan, he'll figure, I can't get away with it here, and you solve the problem that way, maybe. Yeah, move on to something else. Uh, Alan Burris joining us. Alan, tell us uh, a little bit about the SurviveAshooting.com website and, and how we can find you. Sure, SurviveAshooting.com. Uh, the book is almost done, and there'll be more information on the book there shortly. But the information about the courses I teach are already there, and I do travel around and provide training and uh, consultations to businesses, um, schools, different organizations that want to harden the target and have employees trained for when the unthinkable happens. Thank you so much for joining us, Alan. It's always good to talk to you and, and kind of learn a little bit more about the survive a shooting kind of techniques. But, again, sad the subject that we have to talk on. I agree, and I appreciate the three of you having me on. Absolutely, man. It's always good to have you on. Thanks, Alan, so much, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, sir.